So this video is going around. Everyone's probably seen it, but it cracks me up. Oh my god, up, so. I can't watch this. It's str- I can't. Oh my god, I can't even watch it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's more than a podcast. They're more than best friends. It's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to laughing again. It's more than a podcast. They're more than Hi guys, welcome back to More Than Mormon Podcast. I'm Lena. And I'm Meg. I was waiting for you. I almost forgot to say who we were. Yeah, I was like, normally (laughs) she goes first. On the off chance that someone is listening for the very first time, always introduce ourselves. Mm -hmm. Duly noted. She is Lena and I am Meg and this is More Than Mormon. And we have the most fun episode planned, I think. Yes. Um, I'm sure we could still get sad. We could still get mad, but I think for the most part, we'll be glad. <laughs> yes. Um, we we just thought that after recording some episodes with some really heavy topics, it would be fun to kind of change it up a bit and just do something way off track. So both Meg and I came up with, we like kind of created our own game. And so um, like... For example, Meg has things that I have not um, seen or heard before, and I have things that she maybe hasn't seen or heard before. So we're gonna, we're both gonna like do some blind reactions and play some made up games, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's It'll gonna be fun. <laughs> instead of like more than Mormon podcast, it'd be like the more than Mormon game show. <laughs> exactly. But there's no prizes. It's just no, unfortunately. Um, us just bragging rights, I guess. <laughs> and entertaining you guys. I don't know. There's a few podcasts that I watch on a regular basis, and anytime they do something like this, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm in. It just feels like I'm hanging out with friends because in real life, I'm kind of a loner. Just like, like I go to work and I have my husband, but like outside of that, I just am like a little hermit. You're my, my only home. friend. Well, you're not my only friend, but you're one of my. A couple of friends. You're one of the people that I will react, react, interact with on yes. a regular basis. All right. Anyway, I'm so anyway, excited. Should we just start? I'm excited too. Yeah. I Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. So uh, we talked about a couple of different like possible games or like activities we could do um, for our family home evening. <laughs> and I kind of created on my own a game where I will read to you a quote. Um and then you will have to guess whether it is a quote from a Mormon general authority or prophet, or if it is from former Celebrity Apprentice host Donald Trump, or if it is from uh, one of the characters from Veggie Tales, the classic Christian children's television. Program. And I did not grow up watching Veggie Tales. So really? Oh yeah, that's right. Because when I. Because when I'm I actually in Salt hate Lake, it. Like anytime I hear it, it kind of makes me want to rip my hair out of my head. So this will be a good time. <laughs> yes, a brief story time when I was visiting Lena, her husband and I. I don't know how we got on the topic. We were like, "Oh yeah, Veggie Tales." We both watched it growing up, and he played a song, and Isaac and I were just like jamming. 
Uh, and Lena sat there with that look on your face for the full, like, six minutes of song. And then we're like, thank you for sitting through that for us. <laughs> but it we, was I won't pretty play any horrific. songs. Oh, I'm just going to read you quotes. Okay. Yeah. I can handle quotes. I can handle quotes. Are you quotes. ready? I am ready. Okay. Here's the first one. No dream is too big. No challenge is too great. Nothing we want for our future is beyond our reach. Do you think that is a general authority, a Donald Trump, or a talking cucumber? Uh, the first few lines, the first line, like, nothing is too great or whatever sounds like a general authority, but I'm going to say Donald Trump. You're correct! Uh, oh my that gosh. Was a Donald Trump quote, um, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I googled uh, Donald Trump quotes, like... <laughs> So we'll take their word for it. We all know he just like says things in a fancy way and he just talks out of his ass. Exactly. Perfect quote. Just like a general authority would do. I was going to say, which is kind of what uh, general authorities do. All right. Are you ready? Yep. I'm ready. God gives us difficulties to bring out the best in us. Hmm. Is this a veggie tale? No, this is a general oh. authority. This is from Damn it, I Marvin J. Ashton. The most like bland quote I could find. Just God gives us it's so bland. to bring out the best in us. It it sounds like Veggie Tales though. It I does. was surprised. It sounds like it could be a Veggie Tales thing. I was surprised in doing my research how many quotes from general authorities sound like they come from Veggie Tales. You know what? Maybe they like study Veggie Tales. And then they just switch things up That's a little bit so they can like, write their talks. What is it called? The Holy of Holies? They just watch episodes of Veggie Tales. They're like, oh, so the asparagus had faith. And then. Oh, OK. So how do we apply it to this Book of Mormon thing? Mm-hmm. I have an idea. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. All right. This one is true love means thinking of others first. Hmm. Is this a veggie tale? This is a veggie tale. Okay. It is apparently this uh, green princess chick said it at the veggie tale general conference. <laughs> at the veggie tale general. Did they all have like the little tents toward the podium? <laughs> in, in the kitchen, the tents in the pantry <laughs> facing the stove. <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. This one, I'll give you a hint. It's not Veggie Tales. Fair in enough. The end, fair enough. <laughs> in the end, most women get the type of man they dress for. I want to shoot both Donald Trump and whatever general authority in the knee because, trust me, I have proof, which we will talk about in a moment, that this is totally something a general authority would say. I'm going to go with general authority. Yes. That is oh, Tad fuck. R. Callister. Who is not oh. a general authority anymore, but oh, he's up and there. we have talked about a what a piece of living shit oh, he is. The shittiest. The oh, he's right up there with poo. Elder Oaks. Yep. <laughs> Everyone has stinky poo sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh no! Oh god, that's so fucking funny. I hate that guy. Yeah, I know. I hate read that. It's a strong word, but and he I says was like, things that are so disgusting. 
bigoted. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I know. It sounds like a Donald Fucking Trump quote. Fucking patriarchy. <laughs> it sounds like a Donald Trump quote, but it is not. All right, Ugh. here we go. Um, first I obey, then I understand. That's got to be a general authority. Uh, yes, that was um, Sister Hinckley. It was a prophet's wife. Of course. Sister Hinckley said, course. first I obey, then I understand. I don't need to know what I'm getting myself into. I just need to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like coercion to me mm. and mm. manipulation and brainwashing. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. This one says, when you put God first, you'll never be last. Is that Donald Trump? That is VeggieTales. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Trump doesn't put tales. God first. <laughs> yeah, but you know he would be absolutely willing to say shit like that to get the Christian Republicans to kiss his feet. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. Whoa. All right. I have a couple more. I think two or three more. Okay. Okay. We will stand with the family of George Floyd, with the peaceful protesters, and with every law-abiding citizen who wants decency. Is that the church? That is Donald Trump. No! Mm -hmm. Oh! Oh! I know. Believe it or not. Let's... Let's talk about just for like one tiny second sure. about how he refused to, uh, what's the fucking word? Denounce white supremacy. Yeah, he told. He didn't uh, give a fuck about George Floyd or his family. He told uh, the Proud Boys to, like, stand, stand, get ready and stand, stand at the by. ready. Something, yeah, stand by something like that. Mm-hmm. But, Disgusting. Uh, I hate that. Trump, like the church, is willing to just lie his ass off if it sounds good in a quote with his picture next to it. True. Also, look at the picture they chose for this one. It's like, that's a sad racist man right there. He looks so tired from being prejudiced. He's got to be exhausted. <laughs> it really like, has got to like be exhausting to do old, that right? kind of... I don't know. The man is like a wax figure. I don't need... He's just a... <laughs> He's an enigma for sure. He's like a wax figure. He's just melting. <laughs> Chunks fall off of him in the sun. That's why he always looks like he's like tipping over. Like he's just gross. Uh. I just um, there's this picture. Maybe it's like like a meme or a gif of his hair like in the wind. <laughs> it's like when people let pigeons go at their wedding. Like it's ready to be free. That's so funny and true. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh shit. Okay, I have two more. You ready? I'm ready. The predecessor, this one's not Veggie Tales again. You could tell. Some of them, it's pretty easy to tell. The predecessors of many Americans of different backgrounds made great sacrifices to establish this nation. Whatever those sacrifices of freedom, property, or even life, let us now honor them for what they have done for us and forego quarreling over the past. That sounds like something Elder Oaks would say. That is something Elder Oaks said. That's from his uh, his talk that he gave to BYU students 
last year uh, in 2020 when the George Floyd incident happened. Oh, my fuck! And then Black Lives Matter, the movement, was, like, really prevalent. He spoke at BYU addressing the topic and said a lot of things along the lines of, like, yeah, there's shitty things in American history, but we also, like, we needed George Washington who had slaves so we could get the constitution which allows us as a church to make billions of dollars <laughs> and not pay taxes like he just basically is like yeah black lives matter absolutely but also like let's just calm down essentially because if black lives really mattered to the church um then they would apologize for the way that they treated black people and all people of color yep. up until the 70s and yep also for the racism that still exists in Mormon culture. I was gonna say if we look at the systemic racism like just within the church like all we have to do is pull up a picture of general authorities in the church and you could probably count on one hand maybe two how many of them have black skin brown skin but all of them an, are old, white, shitty Asian men. have an Asian apostle now. One Asian Ooh. apostle since the fucking restoration. The first apostle that's not white in however couple it hundred years. It took them long enough to even take that step. And any time they film the Tabernacle Choir, they make such an effort to zoom in on the one or two people who are not white. It's like and all the they, pamphlets. Like, focus all yes. the ads you see Look at on how YouTube. inclusive we are. Mm-hmm. It's like, people of color Whatever. love being members of our church. Look at how many we have. No. no. I mean, yes, there are people, there are members of the Mormon church that come from all different ethnicities and backgrounds, of but course. the majority yes. of them are Caucasian. And yep. it's that is reflected in the leadership of the church. By the way, earlier today, when I was looking for stuff to talk about in this episode, I saw, you know, like one of like a picture of the general authorities. And then like at the bottom, it had like the nine women who have like callings. And I was just thinking about how sad it is to be like a little girl growing up in the church and to like love Jesus and love God and feel like you're doing what's best. And to know that like you'll never be an apostle. You'll never be a general authority. You'll never be a mission president never and they just lay it out for you in mm-hmm. the centerfold of the enzyme after conference they're like look at these nine positions you could potentially hold regardless yeah. of how obedient you are of how strong you are of how smart you are of how kind you are it doesn't fucking matter like as a girl growing up in the church like you know that you will never get to be an apostle of a savior that you love um i actually if i didn't delete it have something very very applicable let's see okay i'm when i was looking for things that were cringeworthy i came across a talk that was done by elder holland and at the beginning of this talk he um he cracks a joke about how he woke up one morning and it just like hit him that his granddaughter, his oldest granddaughter was finally a teenager. And so the premise of this talk is, I would love to give my granddaughter some advice as she enters into her young woman, 
teen years, but also I would, I would like love, to give some advice to all the women in the church. I would love for there to be a woman holding a high position of leadership in the church and not the bottom nine positions. I would love for there to be a woman who's able to speak and give that kind of advice to young women. But we're so, stuck with Elder Holland, I suppose. So it's so fitting because I honestly it didn't go into the drive because I was like, I don't know if this will it's like kind of long I'll like fast forward through some of it but I was like is this really gonna be applicable to anything we talk about today of course it is because I like we've said a billion times before everything is connected to everything in this fucking church the church is a hurricane and as an ex-mormon you're standing in the eye and it's all swirling around you and there's no way and you see it you can just focus on like oh it's raining because it's also it windy and you all yep. it's just blowing by you and you can't just yep. play a fun game and read some quotes from veggie tales and laugh because before you know it what whips by you but a picture of all the general authorities and they're mostly white and they're mostly men and you're like god damn it that's gonna fly into somebody's <laughs> house and knock it over <laughs> that's what it's like leaving the church you're just yep. in a hurricane and you can't live Always. your life because it's just swirling around you i mean you can live your life but not if you and i mean the thing is not if you want to have friends that are members of the church if you want to discuss your membership and your experience not if you have families who who are in the church not if you go to a church school not if you if you live in a place like utah or idaho like there's so many situations that make it so difficult to just leave so when everyone is like why can't you leave the church alone and it's like because i'm in the eye of the fucking, of the fucking mormon hurricane, hurricane and a fucking stop sign is gonna blow and knock me out any so moment you have to be on guard at all times mm -hmm. ready to fucking <laughs> and then it's like people are like God, well it's so just stupid. leave if you want to leave and it's like like well, it's too late to evacuate the hurricane is here You're like i can't just fucking go anywhere like, the storm has been brewing for 200 like, just years if you want to leave and they took all of your means of transportation and all of the places you have to stay and they mm -hmm. took that away from you yeah. because you're like i want to leave and they're like okay well <laughs> we're gonna punish you they're and like, then they tell you <laughs> they're like trying to make it sound like it's your fault that all these things are no longer like within your reach but just like leaving like your friends step away from you the church ward steps away from you um, your family sometimes disowns you like at some point maybe later even in this episode I'll have to rant about that one roommate I had when I was leaving the church oh my and her God. the conversation I mean I won't like say her name or like throw her under the bus but the conversation she had about me not knowing I could hear it and I was like, mm -hmm. don't you love when that happens? I know and that really felt like being in the hurricane. I was like, I'm just trying to like openly express thoughts and concerns I have about a religion that I'm a part of and I couldn't even do it without hearing someone talk behind my back in an apartment with the thinnest of walls about me and my choices and how sad I was and how brainwashed I was and whatever and this yep. was someone I was friends with like oh wow that was a mm -hmm. little that was a tornado inside the hurricane <laughs> so that um we can totally edit this out but it kind of makes me think of someone that you know who knows someone that I know. And mm -hmm. the person that I know <laughs> tries to support me and be loving and very kind, but also has 
kind of talked some shit behind my back, not realizing that it will get back to me. But the Mormon world is so fucking small, like, and everyone is so gossipy, which we talked about Mm -hmm. in the last episode. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that, you know, your roommate is sitting there, not even thinking that you could hear because they don't really care. No, like, it, you know what? Like, I don't care if they can hear me. I need to say this. <laughs> I was literally, it was like, no one else. So in, you know, it was like cheap, shitty BYUI housing, like one of the cheapest apartments you could live in. It's a small apartment, thin walls. And I was like sitting in the living room and it was probably like midnight or like later. And I was just on my laptop, like doing homework. And so, like, I wasn't listening to anything, and, like, no one else was in the living room. I didn't think anyone else was awake. And then all of a sudden, I just hear this voice sort of, like, carrying from the bedroom that's, like, right off the kitchen. And it was just, like, I just heard, like, fragments, and I would hear, like, and she was such a strong missionary, and it's just so sad. And now she thinks this, and I was, like, is she talking about me? Because I'm ten feet away. (laughs) Like... You're like, is she talking? To is she me? seriously talking there? behind my back? And I'm like, even in the house, like, yeah. wow, that's a pair of balls right there. I know, and it was like so quiet in the apartment that, like, if I had said, "Hey, I can hear you," at like a normal speaking volume, like she would have heard me. You know what I mean? Like, it was just the fact that I was quietly sitting there that she didn't. She had no idea. You know? Good times. Not that you can't. Like, I get it. You know, if you have concerns for someone. I mean, you and I have both been active members who have known people who left before us. Totally. And it's normal, I think, to have those conversations where you try to deconstruct and you try to understand and you try to process the grief you have for this person who's leaving something that you think is, like, the truth, the world, you know, the everything. But to have that conversation with someone who doesn't know that person and to have that conversation before you've even attempted to have that conversation with them... It just yep. felt like it didn't matter at that point what I said because she didn't see It didn't me. matter what you did or said. She didn't care about what your experience actually was. Right. She didn't see me as someone that was having, like, um, doubts and questions and concerns. And she just saw me as someone that was, like, going to leave the church. And at that point, yep. if someone's going to leave the church to protect your own testimony, you have to push them away and you have to, like put them in the mental box in your head where the church is like people who leave the church are angry they're offended they're lazy or they're a combination of those three things instead of reaching out and being like hey i could see how being a family or being a child of divorced parents it could be hurtful to have general authorities tell you that you're essentially like what is the phrase that they use do you remember do you know what i'm talking about I um, I'll look it uh, up and I'll put it in. Yeah, look it up because now I'm having more brain farts. So I did look it up, and what we're talking about here is from Elder Christofferson in 2020. He said that people born out of wedlock were bitter fruits. So that's fun. But you know, there was no attempt to be like, oh, I could see how this being said in a church that you're a part of could hurt you, or I could see how you having this experience as a missionary could be confusing it was just like she's angry she's lazy she's offended she's leaving and it's just so sad not sad enough for me to talk to her about it but (laughs) sad sad enough for me to talk to other people about it (laughs) well and that's why like 
even though I know who is saying something behind my back, it's like, it's not really worth my energy. Like, you know, that's between them. And if they're an active believing member of the church, it's also between them and God. And so if they feel like gossiping and saying crap behind my back or anyone's back is, um, you know, a sin or whatever, then they get to take that up with their maker. And if they feel fine with that, then that's not really on me. Mm, I've yeah. kind of gotten to the point where unless I'm willing to say it, you know, publicly, like on this podcast or to someone's face, like I'm just not going to say it. And so, I mean, maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm just too old and tired to deal with that crap. But also like, I really do feel like my time in the church taught me to be gossipy and nosy and two-faced. And now that I'm out, it's allowed me room to be authentic and transparent. And with that has given me a lot of space to, you know, surround myself with people who are always uplifting me, making me feel good, supporting me. Um, you know, and when I was in the church, it was like I was forced to be with people who did the opposite of that because you're, you know, geographically confined to this ward and to the stake. When you are in school, at a church school particularly, you're forced not only to have these roommates, but also, again, in this ward and this stake that you're not allowed to move from. You see all these people at school, you know, and so for me, it was just like, yeah, I would like to choose my circle of people and I would like to choose them because they're good, solid, honest people, not because they're the people that I'm stuck with. Yeah. And the people that I've surrounded myself with, like you, my husband, you know, people who are legitimately filled with integrity and compassion and Christ-like love, even though I have no worshiping desire for Jesus Christ. Like I really could give two shits mm -hmm. still like all the principles are the same. And I would like to surround myself with people who want to serve and love and do it because they want to, not because they're in church and feel like they have to. So right. I feel like I'm way less gossipy now than I ever was as an active Mormon. And it's I weird. feel like there's an ability to, with gossip or with anything, to, for yourself, decide, like, where the boundaries are. Because I think in the church it's easy to say, like, well, gossiping is a sin or it's bad and we shouldn't do it. And I think as an adult, separate from the church, you can say, like, you know, me talking this over with a friend or a third-party individual isn't really me gossiping. It's just me trying to process. And then you can also yeah. have those moments where you're like, you know what, I've probably gone too far and I need to apologize to this person or at the very least like stop having this conversation and I think in the church there's no room to think for yourself because everything is just like so yep. black and white in terms of like this is good that's bad same with like you know responsible consumption of alcohol or whatever it may be I think the church rather than saying like people should be conscious of what they put in their bodies and how it affects them and the the decisions they make while under the influence of whatever the church is just like coffee tea alcohol drugs bad everything else pretty good and that leads yep. to people having caffeine addictions why do you think there's so many goddamn soda fucking flavor fancy soda cookie places in utah 
because people are addicted to yep. sugar and caffeine yep instead of the church teaching people to have healthy boundaries with food and i'm not a person that always has healthy boundaries with food so i'm not necessarily trying to be on a high horse here but it's just an example of like rather than the church teaching people to think for themselves critically about what they do and how they do it it's just like this they is the list the of good things for you this is the list of bad things uh yep. you get blessings for these you get punishments for these and that's how it is yep. and you need yep. to repent you need to keep coming back to the church to repent instead of just as yep. as a as a human being able to say you know what yesterday i was a little bit more gossipy than i like i think today i'll just try to like do a different activity instead yep. it's like oh yep. my god I, I hope i live till sunday so i can take the sacrament yep yep it's ridiculous right yeah so all of this seriously is so applicable to all the things that i have to show you so this is the clip i was telling you about this is um a talk that elder holland gave like i said he decided to address his teenage granddaughter as well as all the other young women in the church cool and this is i'm only gonna play right i'm only gonna play like a little bit of it because it's boring because it's general conference but all the things we talked about how like women really get the short end of the stick he basically tells us that (laughs) and and well i mean for people like you and i how you know now we've kind of learned to dissect things and like take our beliefs and faith and stuff out of it like it just seems so blatantly obvious but i can tell you if i were an active member listening to this i'd be like oh i love elder holland what a great message Mm -hmm. anyway so here we go this afternoon i wish to raise my voice in praise of you to express my love my encouragement and my admiration for you. Because this precious eldest grandchild of whom I spoke is a young woman, I'm going to address my remarks to the young women of the church. Uh, Let's just keep in mind that there's young men and young women watching this, and he's about to tell us, like, you know, maybe it'll be applicable to you young men as well. It's just not. Well, and I think it's, it's as much as he's talking to young women, he's telling young men what to think about young women. Exactly. Exactly. Bingo. But I hope the spirit of what I say can apply to women and men of all ages. However, today, as Maurice Chevalier used to sing, I want to thank heaven for little girls. <laughs> Um, okay, <laughs> sorry. sorry. That's a, I don't know what song that is. I don't love that at all. No. <laughs> nope, don't love it, especially because the church really loves pedophiles. Mm, yeah. So uh, that was a mistake. I'm not sure who okayed that, but anyway. First of all, I want you to be proud you are a woman. I want you to feel the reality of what that means. But does he want us to be proud? Because in every, in all the rhetoric that is used to discuss women, women serve one purpose, and that is to be homemakers and family makers. So how can I be proud to be a woman if I'm taught to cover my body, to like limit how often I speak in meetings, to only serve for three quarters of the amount of time that men serve missions? Like, 
How can so basically, I be being a woman and... in the church means I need to celebrate my reproductive abilities. Yes, and every that's decision, like literally it. Every decision made from childhood should be focused on that. It's like that. Um, one of the experiences that we read in our last episode, where they were saying like growing up in young women's, you're just told like date, marry, have kids, date, marry, have kids. And you put that into the mind of, like, already emotional, hormonal, like, 12-year-old girls. And it doesn't leave space for them to be proud of who they are because they don't know who they are. Their only narrative about who they should be is date, marry, kids. And they're 12. Which I guess is fine because Joseph married a 14-year-old. So it's like, you might as well start a little earlier preparing. Like we said... They like them young. They like them good. I love little girls. It's our favorite song, apparently. <laughs> Thank God for little girls. To know who you truly are. You are literally a spirit daughter of heavenly parents with a divine nature and an eternal destiny. There's that parent. That song. surpassing truth should be <laughs> yep, fixed yep. deep in your soul and be fundamental to every decision you make. As you grow into mature womanhood. Every decision we make. Every decision you make. It really grinds my gears. They only ever bring up Heavenly Parents, Heavenly Mother when they're talking about women and families. Gender roles. Exactly. Because Heavenly Mother, like women in the church, does not matter unless it comes to like family roles, marriage, and raising children. And we never hear about her. We don't get to pray to her. We're not supposed to learn about her. Because that's not what women are for. Women are not supposed to be yep. the star of the show. Women are supposed to support the men in being the star of the show. And, like, that's the yep. narrative from Adam and Eve, from heavenly parents, from the way that we see general authorities and their wives standing quietly by their side, shaking, yep. like, going off to shake the hands of the Relief Society sisters when they visit places. Like, everything he's saying is bullshit. There's no space for yep. women or young women to be who they are. As a Mormon woman, there is nothing to be proud of. There's nothing to be proud of. And there's no space for women to even share what's important to them. Today I was reading a handful of quotes. I'll put them in when I edit that were like, of course women should be a part of like meetings, but they should really like limit how much they share. Oh, we're going to get to that. Quotes that are like, uh, your job in a meeting is to like remind your husband of his place like when the men get out of hand it's the woman's job to like i have that entire clip and then i have that entire clip i literally like i got so angry when i read that there's so many things through leaving the church that i like i know that if i had read that when i was in the church it would have been like okay well i guess i'll like i'm just happy with what god gives me and i just like will figure out i'll do the best in my role even if it's not what i want it to be or what i think it should be or if it doesn't make sense that i'm not equal i guess like in a way to god i am equal so it's okay that i don't understand and now leaving the church i'm like it's just sexism that's all it is it is like just blatant sexism this whole talk all those quotes it's just bullshit that they use to gaslight women into thinking that God loves them. But if God loved them, he would want them to speak up. He would want them to have space in meetings and in leadership. And he wouldn't want to groom young women to get married and have children and have that be 
the guiding force of every decision they make in their life. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Bullshit. The stinkiest, bullshit. smelliest of shit. Um, yeah, what the quote you're talking about, I, I have. I have the clip. We will get to it. Shall we continue? Yes, let's go. There could never be a greater authentication of your dignity, your worth, your privileges, and your promise. Your Father in Heaven knows your name never? and knows your circumstances. Never? <laughs> Nothing? He hears your prayers. He knows your hopes and dreams, including your fears and frustrations. And he knows what you and can he become give a shit about them. through faith in him. <laughs> because of this... Yeah, uh, if he knows our frustrations, then don't you think he would be willing to create, like, a tiny little bit of space for the women in the church? Well, there are nine spots out of the several hundred general authority positions. Let's go from and nine to, like, 90. You can't be a mission president. Then we're talking. But you can be a mission president's wife. That was always so frustrating. Oh, my God, and that is the legitimate calling. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, having conversations that is a legitimate calling to be like the mother and the wife of the mission. That's your job for what is it? Three years. Mm-hmm. And what I remember having conversations when I was active with friends who were members and being like, like, what do you think would be a really cool calling to have? Like, what's the calling, you know, you know, just like chatting. And I remember saying, like, well, I think it would be really cool to be like a mission president or I guess a mission president's wife, but I don't have any control over that because, like, it's really dependent on my husband being obedient and on my husband being a right. good leader and on God choosing right. my husband and I just happen to be married to him sort of thing. Because there's no way, it's just like we were talking about earlier, there's no way for women to, for little girls to be like, I love my Savior so much, one day I would love to be his apostle. Or one day right. I would love to be his prophet. I would love to do his work. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to yep. preside over a mission. There's no... And we get that chance only if we are not married by the time we're 19. Yeah. And we get it for 18 months, not two years, because we get old and our eggs die. So we have to run back. home <laughs> as soon as our mission ends to get married and have babies. Because there's no greater sign of our devotion and our loyalty and our promise than all of that getting married and having babies getting married and having babies yeah whatever elder holland divine heritage you along with all your spiritual sisters and brothers have full equality in his sight no no you don't (laughs) no you actually don't absolutely not you don't have lies half as many big fat opportunities your entire gender is not brought up in the scriptures as often like i love how he mentioned like the spiritual sibling mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters spiritually we are all treated the same because here on this earth we absolutely know that we are not but not even spiritually yeah because if you're gay you get punished if you're a woman and you get sealed to a man who has more than one wife even if he doesn't guess what you get to do in the eternities share him you get to make a bunch of spirit oh, babies can you imagine ladies and then y- being you get to be and having babies the heavenly mother that eternity? no one gives a fuck about <laughs> yeah you get to be the heavenly mother 
that no one gives a living fuck Why would I want to grow up following this church's plan when my, like, exemplar of who I should be... Well, first it's Jesus, who is male, and that's pretty clear. Then it's Heavenly Father, who is male, and that is absolutely clear. We know the Holy Ghost is a man, like everything they're automatically telling young women to be dependent on men in order to get into the celestial yeah in order to be like pulled up during the second resurrection you have to be sealed and you have to have given your husband your special temple name right and even if let's say there's an ounce of this talk that does need to be said to young women why didn't Elder Holland say to his wife, "You know what? Our youngest grand or our oldest granddaughter is t- going to be a Maybe young woman." Maybe you soon. should give this Maybe talk. Maybe you should give a talk giving advice to her because you are a woman and you understand what it is like to have female experiences within the church. And you could probably yep. give advice because I yep. love you and I know that you're intelligent and kind and wise and thoughtful and I would like our granddaughter to hear from you. But instead, he's just like, "I'm going to mansplain what it's like to be a 12-year-old girl." <laughs> at yep. general fucking conference like stupid elder holland i can't i can't when i found this it was like <laughs> we need to talk about this and are empowered through obedience to become a oh, rightful okay let's go back in- well that's what sister hinkley said first i obey then i yep. understand in the eternal kingdom an heir of god and joint heir with making Christ. spirit babies Seek to comprehend the significance of these doctrines. Everything there is Christ no significance. There's I nothing. I was going to say, what, he just laid what it did out he say you. that has any significance? You get married, you have babies, and then you die. And because of Jesus, you get to be married and have babies you forever. Be, you get to do it again. Yeah. There's no That's significance exhausting. to it. There's, Let me tell you guys something. Tell okay, me. I'm something. a doula and a student midwife. I'm a prenatal massage therapist. I'm around pregnant people. Every day, all day. Pregnancy is hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard physically. It's hard emotionally. It's hard spiritually. It's difficult financially. And then the baby comes and it's even more hard. So I don't know why everyone believes that in the eternities, the idea of just like getting pregnant and having like billions of babies is like, so glorious that we need to obey all these disgusting old creepy men in order to get this blessing and reward what has anyone actually ever taken the chance taken the moment to like think about that (laughs) yes i don't know people leave the church (laughs) fuck seriously though because like even the clients that i've worked with that like loved pregnancy loved birth like healthy low risk textbook pregnancy birth postpartum i can't imagine any of them sincerely saying that they could just do this for the rest of their life and the not to mention life. studies show that the happiness mar- married couples experience is like really good like right when they're married and then they have babies and it goes Meow. And then the kids leave the house and it goes, "Mm?" (laughs) so basically you're in like the most miserable part of your earthly existence forever, moving that into your celestial glory. Like, yikes, not to say that like being a mother, being pregnant, isn't wonderful. I have paid 
upwards of thirty, forty thousand dollars to get pregnant and have babies. I want that experience even though I know it's so hard and exhausting. But I also would like to have it at a time in my life where I'm healthy enough and active enough to do it. And then at some point, I want those kids to get the fuck out so I can enjoy retirement with my husband. Right. I don't want to do that forever. One of the appealing things about death is that you finally get to rest. I say that all the time. I'm like, I can't wait for the... I mean, I can wait. I don't want to die. But I'm really excited for the time when I'm dead and I don't have to, like, get migraines anymore. you just don't have to carry it all with you anymore. Yeah, like... I just can't imagine. And I think, like, the other side of it is that this totally invalidates women or anyone who doesn't want to be married, who doesn't want to have children. It takes away their agency in being able to discover God's plan for them, create their own plan for themselves, and to be true to who they are and to be true to the desires that they have and to their abilities. Because there are... believe there are people who are not capable of being parents and maybe shouldn't maybe myself sometimes like you know what i mean like it's being a parent is hard being a mother or a father it's not meant for everybody being married and having children is difficult and so to push and push and push this narrative on children it invalidates and to push it to happen really young yeah as well it doesn't leave space for for people to one determine whether or not they even want to do it and then to like you know responsibly determine when they're going to do it how they're going to do it it's just one of those things where this narrative is so old it's so outdated it's boring it's so (laughs) sexist sexist. it's ridiculous and it is boring like like against people who start families later in life like it is ableist against people who are unable to become parents or who are for whatever reason unable to enter into relationships in spite of how much they might want to yeah it's just fucked up and unnecessary it's so fucked one up of those things so unnecessary yeah it's like how with all of the shit going on in the world constantly all the time is like this what we're still talking about how is this the message that like how is this the message that you need? want yeah for real it's not uplifting whatsoever not at all and it's nothing that little mormon girls haven't been hearing the whole lives like tell them something new sing a new song yep. that's not yep. called thank god for little girls sing literally <sighs> any other song <laughs> literally anything he taught to women as well as to men indeed in the restored light of that gospel of jesus christ a woman including a young woman occupies a majesty all her own in the divine design of the Creator. You are, as Elder James E. Talmadge once phrased it, a sanctified investiture which none shall dare profane. Am I the only one who feels like this is like a purity culture thing? I also was going to say, I'm not entirely sure what those words mean, so I guarantee most of the young women in that audience had to Google. And they just, it just like, right over their head. Yeah, it's like. Because I was like, what? I've heard the word sanctified. Sure, I guess maybe I know what that means. Yeah, like. Investiture? I'm Googling right now. (laughs) Like, wait, like, if I'm going to tear this apart, I got to know what he's talking about. The action of formally investing a person with honors or rank. 
the honor rank of being a nameless <laughs> baby making machine yeah like it, who are owned by the men in their family yeah whether it's their dad or their husband and sanctified like set apart to be that regardless Ugh. of what you want to become regardless of that's who you're, what i assumed it was tells you you are like you're supposed to do this forever before you got to earth you were supposed to do this now that you're here you have to do it and potentially your eternal goal should be to do it forever regardless of who you are as an individual because god loves you so much he loves you so much it's such a blessing ladies you have a vagina a cervix a uterus and you just you get to it's use a blessing. it good for you yay be a woman of christ Cherish your esteemed place in the sight of God. He needs you. This church needs you. The world needs you. A woman's abiding trust in God and unfailing devotion to things of the Spirit have always been an anchor when the wind and the waves of life were fiercest. I say to you what the prophet Joseph said more than 150 years ago. If you live up to your privileges, the angels cannot be restrained from being your associates. Another way of saying our views have not changed in 150 plus years. Basically. Basically. So I'm pretty sure that's like where I stopped watching. So it's like, this is what else could the you dumbest shit <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, what else? Yeah, I feel like he said everything he needs to say in those five minutes, and it goes on for another, like, ten. And I would love to get someone on who could give us, like, the tea of what goes on in Elder's Quorum. Um, I'll mm-hmm. edit this out, but I'm thinking maybe... If they pay attention. I would love to get someone on to tell us what goes on in Elder's Quorum, but I can tell you in Relief Society that this bullshit comes up regularly. Like, when it mm-hmm. comes time for women in Relief Society to share their experiences and my experiences have pretty much always been it's ever in my mission in like young single adult wards and branches like the main concerns that women have are like am I good enough to get married am I good enough to be a mother I'm trying really hard to get married I'm trying really hard to be a mother like why aren't those things happening and it leads to this inadequacy and to this anxiety about who you are as a person instead of what Elder Holland thinks it does, where he's just like, you have this wonderful privilege to be this this type of woman, but in doing that, if you're not that type of woman, you feel like you are letting down God yeah. and Jesus, and you feel like you're not fulfilling this eternal purpose. Sacred duty that you've been given. sanctified since investiture. before you even got into the body that you're exactly. in. Yeah. The fuck? And so a lot of Relief Society is spent, <laughs> a lot of it is spent lessons and conversations about, like, your worth as a woman and your worth as an individual. And it's just so fucked up that all of those mm-hmm. issues that need to be resolved in Relief Society come from what is being taught in sacrament meeting and in general conference. Yep. And in Sunday yep. school. And then it's like, and it's just so continuously women regurgitated. Run off to Relief Society and they're like, okay, I've heard all this stuff and it's making me feel like shit because I'm not doing it or I can't do it or I don't want to do it. Yep. And then yep. it's like you go back and you have to go to sacrament meeting to be healed from doubting the fact that you don't want to do it or you can't do it. Like it's just an endless cycle. 
and it's self-perpetuating like it's what Mm -hmm. the church needs in order to keep women in the church is to they literally push women down into their space to make them be quiet to make them be wives to make them be mothers to make them be timid and then to tell them that when they feel inadequate from that that they need to come to the church for healing and for help and for strength to be all the things the church told them that they needed to be pisses me off i think that it is like this if you're listening to the audio version lena shared with me one of those old mormon ads and this one says spread thin if you have too many things to do and you find yourself in a jam try a smaller slice of life and it's a picture of a kid being smeared on toast and it took us about three minutes to figure out (laughs) how lena could share it with me so that i could read it so that's why we're laughing anyway enjoy so The only reason I pulled that up is because I was thinking that the church likes to give you, like, a bunch of, like, tedious, busy work. And especially for women, Relief Society, baking casseroles, visiting, teaching, whatever. Like, and what they're going to encourage you to do is not to drop any of those things. They're going to encourage you to not work on a Sunday. They're going to encourage you to not um, attend recitals soccer games whatever Time with your friends outside of your family responsibilities exactly if it is going to take the place of something that you need to do at church and this is i think for like you know youth like mormon youth this ad yeah and, and it just seems like and like look what look what's on look what's theirs you know there's soccer video you know, games. all this like worldly stuff yeah it's not saying that you know if church life is stressing you out and it's too much you're allowed to take a break from that because folks that is valid if you need a mental health break the church isn't going anywhere unfortunately but you can step back if you need to you can ask to be released from a calling you can say no to a calling i know that's really controversial but you can i work with a few people who have also left the church um and one of them told me a story of like someone who was called to teach nursery and she like asked to be released a few times and then they like said it would happen and then it didn't and or they said that she needed that calling whatever and that one day during like sunday school like in the little sunbeam classroom she cut all of the children's hair and then was like immediately (laughs) replaced (laughs) you do what you gotta do man that's that's what you're pushing people to when you yep, spread that messages is what like you this. are encouraging yeah like there's a billion percent there's no way to step away from a church responsibility without having to basically repent for it mm-hmm. so you might as well go out with a pair of scissors in your hand like might as well go out with a bang <laughs> with a bang okay let me pull up another one let's see i have a bunch in here My oh you know what so i'm gonna weird. Oh my god, I know. I'm going to pull up the clip that we were referencing. Now, you know, every time we look at you, we, I know you're, you're just waiting for me to talk about marriage, aren't you? It's not that funny. 
I even know, as right? a member <laughs> like, when they're when they do those little like general conference like stories and jokes and quips like i'm just like it's not like, that hey. funny <laughs> like have you ever watched like they, actual like comedy anything have you ever <laughs> been like you can go to a dry bar yeah you can on netflix and you watch, can watch comedy like stand-up specials <laughs> on youtube you can totally watch like clean comedians guys like you don't have to like make these really lame ass jokes just to like wake the audience up there are better ways to public speak there are just just throwing it out there watch a ted talk and learn from that watch a ted talk exactly i I would not want to disappoint you (laughs) i just simply say to you brethren Wake up. (laughs) Open your eyes and look around a little. You beautiful girls don't wander around looking like men. Jesus Christ. Put on a little lipstick now and then and look a little charming. (laughs) It's that simple. So I love that everyone is laughing. It's not fucking funny. But he's dead funny. fucking serious. Yeah. This is and not that's a joke not funny. Him. I heard this when I was at BYU-Idaho. And I sincerely felt like if I opted to go without doing my hair or makeup, that that was the reason I wasn't getting asked out. There's this look of women at BYU, BYU-Idaho. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it exists at BYU-Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, never been. But, like, this look that, like, 75% of female students at church universities have. And it is the look of, like, put together, fashionable, yep. Um, yep. you know. And it's not even, like, a body type thing. It's not even, like, a certain, like, hair type thing or you know what I mean? Like, not even, like, a skin color thing. It's just, like, this put-together vibe. All the time. This vibe of, like, I am trying to look nice. All the Mm -hmm. time. Like, I would go to FAG with, like, my hair in a bun. Like, I just didn't give a fuck. Like, I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to date any of these people. And the other half of them are already my roommates and they see me, like, all the time. I don't care what I look like. I'm just going to go to FHE because the point allegedly of FHE is, you know, spiritual fellowship. But then you hear shit like this and it's like, no, oh no, that's right. Like the point of FHE, the point of every interaction between young men and young women and like not act. Well, I mean, I guess, yes, young men and young women in terms of like teenagers, but I mean, like YSA age, like single. Yeah. yeah. The point of any interaction is to try and find someone today so you can try and find someone to marry. Like, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. And, again, like, pushing women into this space where they feel like they need to do and say and look a certain way so that they... In order for that to happen. Yeah, like, it is sexist. And, boy, does that set up both the male and the female for a lot of disappointment when they get married because that's not real life. No, and it... Sometimes you're so... Sometimes you get depressed and you gain weight and you get a bunch of zits and you don't shower for two weeks and sometimes you can be a dude and have that happen it doesn't matter and there's also this oh hey there's also this like 
double standard that and this isn't just in the Mormon church because you see it a lot in like pop culture but like men when they're kind of stupid when they're kind of gross when they're kind of when they're like bigger when they're or even when they're like scrawny and skinny whatever it may be that men are just bound to get married to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. and that women in these relationships especially portrayed in media are like thin and fit and pretty and their hair is done and their makeup's done and they dress nice and they tend to be like smart and they tend to be like the responsible one and the man is like the comedy relief like that's a trope that's been it's it's existed like literally since like i love lucy like you know what i mean like it's just like we Mm -hmm. see it again and again and again and i think in the church it exists in a different way which is that like men's job is to be spiritual and their job is to be like the breadwinners and their job is whatever and women's job because it is to get married and have babies like the way that you present yourself should always be i mean there's a reason that tad arcalister quote was like women tend to get the men they dress for whatever it is Mm -hmm. because that's your job yep do you want to be a bishop's wife or a mission president's wife or do you want to be you know the bottom of the totem pole right and it's they do put better looking people you know center stage if you will in the church for sure I mean, go to Temple Square. Go to Temple Square and take a look at those, at those sister, sister missionaries. And you tell me that there isn't a single one of them who is not, as you are describing, totally put together, very soft spoken, very uh, petite, and gentle. like, you know, trying not to take up a lot of space with their personality. Mm-hmm. You know, soft smile, soft skin. Responsible. You know, obedient. really put together. Put, yep, yep. Spiritual. Exactly. And you know where they send? They don't the send loud, the ugly sisters. Missionaries? Arkansas and Wisconsin. Wisconsin y'all. and Arkansas. <laughs> oh my God. It's true. I even remember thinking somebody was like, do you think you'll go to Temple Square? And in my head, I was like, absolutely. I am way too fat to go to Temple Square. Okay. They would never in a million years send me to Temple Square. And not only that, I had visible tattoos and that is not the Uh, kind of look that the church likes to portray. So they're going to send you to a place where that's, you know, more culturally acceptable. Like it's way more acceptable to be kind of like chunky or whatever in Wisconsin or Arkansas than it is in Utah. Yeah, because in both Arkansas and Wisconsin, they eat meat and cheese five times a day. Yep. Yep. No, I... And women drink beer. (laughs) And have tattoos. Yep. You know? Yep. And I think there's this, um, there's this, like, stereotype that, like, men who are in, like, the, what is it, like, stake... The high council. The high council, that's what it is. There's, like, a stereotype that these men, they wear, like, khaki pants, like, blue blazers. Like, they don't know how to dress, and they're, like, overweight, and they're just, like, fumbling. But then you look at women who have really high callings, and they are, like, the women who have beautiful, gorgeous homes, beautiful, gorgeous families, beautiful, gorgeous, like, children. They dress nice. Like, they come to church every Sunday, and, like, their Sunday best is their best every day. And those mm-hmm. are the women who get these high, higher callings. Um, yep. Relief Society president, 
even in like um you know they're older women you know now but in general conference like you know all of them have money really nice homes totally happy to be homemakers have a lot of kids yeah they all dress the same they all talk the same they all look the same which isn't true you know? of it's not expected of the male general authorities because people be like Mm-mm. oh holland and bednar are more like harsh and then you have irene who's more sensitive and you have this one who's like really old and rough around the edges and then you have like yes you know what i mean and with the women but they're but, like yeah there's not cutter. freedom to have variations in your personality as a woman yeah absolutely because mm-hmm. you know someone like me i was i was always told that i was way too intimidating for mormon men because i had a sexual past because i um i was always told that i was too loud and too outspoken and i took up a lot of space and that was intimidating for mormon men because mormon men wanted a woman who would be quiet who would be docile who wouldn't speak their mind and that is basically just not like me in the slightest. And um, I think people trying to tell me like, oh, that's just intimidating. I think they tried to say that in like a good way. Mm-hmm. But it's like, is it really intimidating that I'm comfortable with my opinions and in my body? Like, is that really intimidating in a negative way? And it's Or is it because these men are too insecure and self-centered to allow me to be my own self. Well, it's the same with, like, Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father. Like, Heavenly Father is the star of the show. Like, the woman's oh, yeah. job is to support the man. So if you have a personality that people gravitate towards, that people remember, that stands out, you know, is there space for your husband to have that personality? Like, I believe there is. But I think for men, and this is could be true of anyone, regardless of gender or religion, but right, specifically, right. I think it's pretty common for men in the church to feel like those kind of women are not that marriage material because where does that leave like their space to be the funny mm-hmm. ones, to be the loud ones, to be the exciting ones, to be the ones people want to talk to and that they gravitate toward. Yep. Sort of yep. thing. Exactly. And exactly. because men are pressured to get married just as much as women are, you know, there's not space for men to explore who they're actually attracted to or who a good, you know, compatible relationship could happen with. Yep. As soon as I left the church and I started to allow my physical appearance to reflect how I felt about myself on the inside, men were flocking. Mm-hmm. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, to put it really bluntly, like, I made a thousand bucks doing OnlyFans in just a couple of weeks. Like, I realized that I was attractive. And um, it didn't matter that I wasn't a size two. It didn't matter that I had tattoos and piercings. There were people, male and female, out there who were like, wow, like, She's bold and she's strong and she's funny and she's intelligent and she's also a fine piece of ass. And I was like, hell yeah, there's nothing wrong with being all of those things. Like, in my marriage, I'm the breadwinner. I'm the one who makes the most money. In terms of, you know, careers, like, I'm the one who's going back to school. I'm the one who started all these businesses. 
in the Mormon church that is so like out of the ordinary and not even acceptable. You always see the Mormon women married to men who are in school to be dentists, doctors, lawyers, you know, whatever, you know, maybe they started a company and obviously they're like immediately like this rich CEO while they're, you know, them as the wife just sits back and has the babies and makes the house look nice and whatever. And, um, you know, Isaac and I are much more of a team. Like I've definitely had to, you know, slack in my work schedule in order to do school, which means he has had to, you know, beef up his work schedule in order to make up for it. And they're, you know, the, the typical gender roles that you see of, you know, man being breadwinner, woman being pregnant homemaker, that's just not us. And when we were active Mormons, that lifestyle is something we tried to achieve and we were miserable and I didn't feel comfortable going for my dreams because I, it was my job to not step on the toes of my husband. Yeah. It was my job to take a back seat while my husband took the time to decide what he wanted to do, whether that was go back to school or whatever. And I was supposed to sit there and just let it happen and put my life on the back burner. Yeah. I think that's pretty typical. Um, Mormon, like young, newly married Mormon family mm -hmm. situation is that I think women are encouraged to go to school and have careers up to the point where they start having children and then there's a lot of pressure to be stay-at-home moms or to just like work part-time or to continue having children to put things like yep. school or work or hobbies or f other friendships you know aside for the time that like you're a mom with young children and like that's your main responsibility i think my life is so different now because like i'm not trying to get married like i date people because I like I meet people and I want to spend time with them and then I date them and it's not because I'm like well maybe I'll marry this person maybe I'll marry this person where when I was Mormon and dating everything was like not just like do I want to marry them do I think this could work out like but it was also like there's so much like prayer involved and you know counseling with god in terms of like well is this the man that i'm supposed to be with like that kind of stuff where like now i'm single and i live alone with my cat and my fish and like i have no desire to get married at all and before i joined the church i also didn't really have a desire to get married like i kind of just saw marriage as like if you want to do it then sure but i didn't really understand the point of it like i I feel like monogamous relationships are fine, but, like, the actual act of marriage mm -hmm. I, like, never really understood. And then I joined the church, and it was, like, marriage, marriage, marriage. I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'll get married, sure. But I also always felt like, and maybe it's because I have divorced parents who are happier and healthier being divorced than they would being be in divorced. a relationship. That I was just yep, like, yep. okay, fine, I'll get married, but it's, if I want to get divorced, then I'll get divorced. Like, if I want to change my mind, then I'll change my mind kind of thing. And now it's yep. like, I would never marry anyone unless I, like, deeply had a desire to marry them. Not mm -hmm. just like, well, I like you and we've been dating for a while and I'd really like to have sex. And since we can't do that, we might as well get married. Yeah. It's just, 
there's so much more freedom in being able to date whoever I want, however many people I want at a time, or no one, and not have that pressure of being like, well, why aren't you dating anyone? Or, you know, have you thought about this person? And and you're going to be so much better off if and when you do decide to get into a committed relationship or get married, having self-fulfillment, like figuring out who you are in all the different ways and all the different aspects and understanding what you uniquely bring to the table so when you do commit in a relationship you can find someone who's compatible with you based on those things not like are they praying are they reading their scriptures do they have a temple recommend did they serve a mission like none of those things actually matter when it comes to having a successful and healthy relationship and i can totally say that marrying someone who didn't serve a mission you know, he went to the temple when we were engaged for the first time. Um, you know, so it, it, none of that is really necessary to be in a good marriage. And it's really unfortunate that the church really pushes that these things are what makes a good, healthy, happy, long-lasting relationship. Because it's just, there's, it's just not true. Right, and do you want someone who, like... Do you want someone who served a mission or do you want someone who actually embodies the things that like return missionaries, you know, like should have? Mm-hmm. Um, that actually just reminded me. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you're you. Good. ADHD brain. I was just going to say, and you know, stuff like the clip that we watched, it just reinforces this idea that who you are as a person isn't as important as what you can do or what you can bring to a marriage, to a relationship, to a family. Absolutely. Anyway, so it looks like this episode has gone long. As usual. And it has been a fucking blast, but we don't want to make it go too long. So I thought I would pull up just a couple more things that Meg can react to. So this video is going around. Everyone's probably seen it, but it cracks me up. Oh my God, I can't watch this. It's, I can't. Oh my God, I can't even watch it. (laughs) You out? You out? Oh, shoot. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, the way he yells, like oh. you know he is oh, you know he is broken. I'm only laughing. Well, actually I'm laughing at twofold. One because I'm an asshole and sometimes it's funny when people get hurt, okay? This is how YouTube got to there be YouTube. Is, okay. Oh my god, I can't even look at like the little <laughs> image of him lying on the cement. There's this, like, invincibility that you have as a missionary that's, like, I yes. am doing the most, doing the best. I'm set apart. Like, nothing can touch me. And then you put that you on young men. You also feel like you have a lot of, yeah, you put young. 18-year-olds. Teenage. <laughs> and you give them bikes. And, and you give them. And you give them bikes and a set of stairs. You know, Mormon parents are sending their, you know, teenage kids on these missions thinking that they're going to be safe and looked after. But, like. Who's to say that these missionaries aren't four hours from the mission home like I was at one point? Who's to say that their one and only phone didn't just get crushed in his pocket? And now, in order to call the four people you need to call to go Mm -hmm. see a doctor for what could be a broken fucking arm, like, 
it's just it's just so ridiculous like they're not actually trying to like protect these missionaries and like yes they're stupid obviously they made this choice by themselves they knew what they were doing there's three mm-hmm. of them you get into mischief as missionaries because you're so bored you have nothing to do like everything sounds like a good idea because you're doing nothing everything sounds like a good idea because you're doing nothing yep and Mm -hmm. these guys being like ride your bike down the (laughs) stairs like that was probably the most fun they had up until he like broke his body like that was probably the most fun they had in weeks and you can guarantee that he still is actually really proud of that moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure he's the one that posted that on the internet (sighs) i also take a moment to look at how fucking cute my cat is He's adorable. And I am starving. So I think we're going to end it here. Um, we will have to pick up at some point with the rest of these cringeworthy things. Thanks, everyone, for coming and hanging out with us today. As usual. We appreciate all the support. We... Yes. Go subscribe if you aren't. Like, follow, give us a review. We have a TikTok and an Instagram and a Facebook. Oh my so you God, can my find us there. <laughs> <laughs> we better go so Megan can tend to her idiot cat. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Thank you for your support. See anyway, you next time. until next time. Thanks for listening to the More Than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telestial Kingdom. Wait, is that the good one? <laughs>